Are you tired of conflict, drama, fighting, and people problems? Are you ready to learn the simple skills to improve all your relationships and make them thrive? Well, it's easier than you think. Relationship Radio brings you practical advice to be your best and improve your life. We break down the complicated problems and make them simple and easy. And when you know better, you can do better. Here are Master Life Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles. Welcome to Relationship Radio on Voice America, where we make healthy relationships simple and easy. Because once you know better, you can do better. I'm Nicole Cunningham. And I'm Kim Giles. Now, today we're talking anger and conflict. This should be fun. Hopefully, we're not going to, you know, have any kind of conflict between us. Oh, yeah. I don't think we're going to fight over this <laughs> this segment topic. I've been excited to do this show, Nicole, because I... I one of the reasons I love the 12 Shapes Relationship System the most is because it helps you handle these kind of people problems. And the bottom line is, everywhere there's people, there's problems, right? It's so true. And I think there's so many of us who have so much angst around conflict. We don't like there to be trouble in our relationships. We don't like there to be confrontation. A lot of us actually don't have the skills to do anger and conflict, which is why it terrifies us so much. Right. Because without the skills, it's so dangerous. So we avoid it. And the problem is if you spend your whole life avoiding conflict because you're scared of it, you end up betraying yourself. And there's a really big cost to that. You end up being a doormat. Right. And and there's a lot of the shapes that have a doormat tendency, wouldn't you say? Which shapes come to mind? Circles, hearts and ovals are the ones I think that, that struggle with conflict and confrontation the most for sure. OK, so you and I are both arrows. And we can fight for the cause. You know, we can go in there. And, and I think I think actually better than a lot of arrows, you and I probably do better than a lot of our clients who and friends who are arrows because we are skilled in this, because we teach this. So, um, but, but really for us, we're afraid of looking bad to others. And I think that stops us rather than actually the conflict and, and the anger and things like that itself. Yeah, and we don't like people mad at us. We, we Our biggest fear is criticism and judgment. And often in a conflict, that is what will come up. I think a lot of people, and there might be a lot of listeners um, who, are, who can relate to this, is that some of us had experiences in our childhood where anger was actually an unsafe emotion, either from a parent or somebody around you who anger was scary. And we learned that, you know what, it, it's not a safe emotion. And then also that maybe anger was not allowed. I know that that was part of my childhood journey as well, um, was that, you know, you don't get angry because that is not an acceptable emotion. And so I suppressed a lot of my anger from a long time, which then meant that when I hit my teenage years, wow, I learned how to do anger really well, <laughs> flying off the handle and almost the pendulum swinging the complete other way. And it's taken a lot of my adult life to try and work out some kind of balance. So if you're listening to us today and going, yeah, I think I probably live on one of those two ends, this show's for you. Well, and we teach our coaching clients, most of us subconsciously, whenever there's conflict, we go to the one of the two extremes. We either avoid it completely, we become a doormat, we give in, we let other people have their way, we don't take care of ourselves. So basically, we're overly selfless. Or we get angry and defensive and feel like we must protect ourselves and we end up a little mean and harsh and very protective and even a little overly selfish. And a lot of people at the subconscious level, I think, only believe those are the two options. I'm either a doormat or I'm mean. And neither is really a very good option. So today, one of the things we really want to deliver for our listeners is a third option. 
And that is balance. Now, before we get into what that third option looks like and how we achieve it, Kim, I just want to draw the attention to the 12-shape relationship system just for one more moment. And that is that every single shape, there's 12 different types of people in the world. If you don't know your shape yet, you're going to want to go to 12shapes.com and take the relationship survey there. Or we can even text it to your phone, Kim. If you text 12 shapes, that's one, two shapes to 801-666-2932. Now, what you will learn from understanding what your shape is, is that there is a balance uh, part of you and there's an unbalanced part of you and, and that that's healthy and then unhealthy behavior. And what we're talking about today is in this third option that you mentioned is learning how to be powerful, learning how to be strong and learning to live in that balanced place more and more. And so to really understand what that means for you on a unique level for your shape, you're going to want to go and have a look on our website and there's actually a PDF for all of the 12 shapes to see what that balance looks like. And, ha- and then now let's talk about how we actually achieve it. Okay, so I do want to just say one of the reasons our system is so powerful is we make mental health kind of easy in that there's only two states that you can function in. You have a balanced state and an unbalanced state. And your your unbalanced state is a fear state. And you just have to start to recognize when you're in an unbalanced state. And, and then we're going to teach you simple ways how to get into a balanced state where you're out of fear, where your better behavior can show up. But it, it's so simple when there's only two options. Uh, it, it's one or the other. It's easy to tell which one you're in. And everybody can see exactly what their unbalanced behavior looks like if they get on and learn about their shape and, and read that part of the book or on the app. So today, one of the really interesting things about talking about anger is for people to start to recognize that anger is actually a fear problem, which I think surprises people. I think a lot of people also think of fear and they think, okay, I'm afraid of heights or spiders or snakes. We're not talking about that kind of fear. We're talking about fear that truly drives behavior on a subconscious level where you don't even know you're afraid. This is not conscious fear. This is the stuff that's driving those those coils in your mind that's making you do things that perhaps you don't want to do. And also then leading to unhealthy relationships because you don't have control over it. Fear is difficult and to live fearlessly and and to be bulletproof in that, which is what we teach our coaching clients, it does take new skills. And that's what we really want to get into today is how do we we be more confident going into create win-wins and resolutions for people and do it in such a way that we are not making bad choices from fear within our conflict. Okay. How about we talk a little bit about the two core fears? Okay, so the first fear is really about the uh, that motivates. So there's the two core fears that actually drive all human behavior. Now, the first one is the fear of failure. Now, the fear of failure is the fear that you may not be good enough. And a lot of us experience this even within seconds. We can be in conflict with somebody, be triggered, and we can go backwards and forwards. Now, there's not a single person on the planet, Kim, that doesn't get affected by these two core fears every day. So the first one is fear of failure that I might not be good enough. And we have a show that's all about that, exploring it in far more detail and teaching you how to get out of that, uh, Human Behavior 101. The second core fear that's going to be driving your behavior and showing up in your conflict and when you are angry and upset is the fear of fail, is the fear of loss. So that is that, you know what, my life isn't the way it should be. In some way, I didn't get what's right or I've been mistreated or I've been jibbed in some way. And we have a show 
all about that as well, Human Behaviour 102. Now, these two behaviours, which are the two core fears, are actually what's showing up in anger. Yeah, so we want you to think about the last time you got really angry and think about what had happened, what the circumstance was that brought up that anger. Did you feel insulted, put down, criticized on some level? Is that what started the anger that you were you were personally attacked? Or did you feel taken from or walked on or mistreated on some level? If you felt mistreatment, it's a loss experience. You're actually having fear of loss, and that's what's creating the anger, where if you feel insulted or criticized, it's a fear of failure anger. And and really, every single offense that you think back, any situation that made you angry, you're going to see one of those two in play. And there's some shapes that are more likely to be sensitive to one of the two core fears, and that's also in that profile on the website. So you might think, gosh, I feel like they have both of them in play, and sometimes we do, for sure. Those circumstances in our life bring up both. But you will have one that you're more sensitive to, and that's on our website, 12 Shapes. The other interesting thing that you can start to watch happen when there is a conflict is you can look at, okay, who started the conflict? Someone was upset first, and what were they upset about? Did they feel insulted? Did they feel left out? Do they feel mistreated? Whatever it was. And then we look at how they handled that, and if they came to you and attacked you about that, which fear got triggered then in you? Maybe they felt mistreated, so they attacked, and in the attack, they were criticizing you, blaming you, so that triggered fear of failure in you, and then how did you respond? Because sometimes when I'm attacked, I attack back. Sometimes I run, and I pull back away, and even that reaction could trigger fear of loss back in the other person even more because now they feel like I'm leaving them, abandoning them as I run away, which makes them even more angry because now they're having a, and this cycle of triggering each other is actually what every single conflict looks like if you take it apart. So I want to talk about this perfect storm, Kim, because this is what you're really talking about. Now, we speak all around the country. Uh, we have marriage events and classes, and this is one of our favorite topics when we present this information, is that when you have two people who are engaged in any kind of frustration, anger, or conflict, it's because each of you are in an unbalanced state because you are triggered by one of those two core fears. So it becomes the perfect storm. And when you're in that storm, you don't see the other person's value accurately because you're so worried and and the only thing you care about Kim is getting out of this feeling right getting out of either not feeling good enough or hey you did this to me or getting whatever you need to just make yourself feel better and a lot of that drives the defensiveness that's actually the foundation of that conflict to begin with that's what breaks things down so I'd like all of our listeners, as, as you're thinking about the last conflict that you've had, this is across the board. Every single conflict you experience in your life, whether it's a, a road rage incidents, whether it's it's teenage children, whether it's a spouse, whether it's at work, you will always have two people who are in this perfect storm because they're both in an unbalanced state triggered by one of these two fears. So actually, I, it's been so fun to watch couples at some of our marriage retreats that in five minutes, we can tell them exactly what the conflict is that they always have the fight that they have over and over because based on what the core fear that triggers their shape is we know exactly what happens at home and it kind of freaks them out yeah i've always i've been told that you know you've got this magic trick nicole we've been to seven marriage therapists and 
in five minutes because you knew what shapes we were because we found out on your website. You can tell us all of the issues in our marriage. How do you do that? Well, this is the great thing about behavioral science. And we've done the research. We know what actually drives behavior. And so all of a sudden, you can laugh at that on some level and go, goodness me. Okay, I totally do that. I can own that. It's not that one of you's broken, that one of you was the cause of the culprit because we're not interested in being the bad guy and the good guy. This is not the old movies where the, the bad guys had black hats and drove black cars, right? This is this is the whole blood flow of your life is your connection to others. We have to be looking at it with some kind of clarity to find resolution. Okay, so just to give an example, one of the common couples that we see a lot of is um, circles and arrows together. And... It's, it's the same thing all the time because the circle's fear of failure and abandonment, not being loved and wanted, is the key thing. And for the arrow, fear of criticism is the thing. But arrows are task-focused, so they're usually focused too much on tasks and not enough on the people and the family. And so the fight that we see over and over is the circle feels abandoned because the arrow is too busy working. And they come and say, you're not showing up for me. I'm not getting enough of your attention. And the arrow immediately gets triggered with fear of failure because, oh, my gosh, someone's criticizing me. And their reaction is to pull back more, which triggers more fear of loss in the circle because now they're even getting even less of you. And around and around they go. Now, I, I just want to give a, a legitimate specific example so that our listeners can kind of see how that works. But. It's that simple. Every relationship has a cycle like that that's happening, and yours is no exception. And so if you understand that cycle, then we can actually give you the way out of it. And that's where the magic happens. Because if you both can be in that accurate state where you're seeing each other's value as the same, and you're both in a position where you can see where the other person's coming from, there's a a window there for new compassion and new love to be shown. And that's the healing that has to happen. Okay, so there's a little bit of a process we can kind of give our listeners today. When you find yourself, oh my gosh, I'm in this conflict. Um, I actually like to ask the other person if I could have a few minutes to step back and get a clear head before we talk about it. And that gives me a chance to step back and ask myself, what am I afraid of? Am I feeling insulted? Am I feeling taken from? And what is the other person going through right now? Is their issue a fear of loss or a fear of failure issue for them? And as soon as I recognize what fear they're in, I know what they need. So if they're feeling fear of loss, they need some reassurance that I'm in this, they're not going to lose me, or that I'm aware of whatever mistreatment happened and I'm going to work on that, right? They need some reassurance. If they're in fear of failure, they need some validation, that, you know, I know you're not the bad guy, you're a good person, I see that, and and we have an opportunity here, if we recognize the fears, to meet each other's needs, calm the fear down, and then you can communicate in a much more healthy way, because we're not so defensive and resentful anymore when the fear's out of the way. So we're talking here not just about loving people who are angry, but what's more effective is to love people in their fear. Because if we can love them because we can see that they're in fear, that's so much easier to achieve than loving somebody who's who's angry at you. Yeah, and, and it changes the amount of compassion I have for them. When I see my spouse that's attacking me as not a jerk, but actually as a, a person who's scared. And if I see them as scared, I just have a whole nother level of compassion for where they are and what they need. 
So this is information that completely can change every single relationship. And all of the unhealthy relationships that we have has this in it. It has the fear triggers and we know that it has the anger and the conflict. We have to take a break here on Relationship Radio, uh, but stay with us. We're going to give you more of this broken down simple psychology, how to actually be loving through anger after the break. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Why does my marriage have to be so hard? How do I get my teen to communicate without drama? Why is my boss such a jerk? Why is my mother-in-law so controlling? If you want the answers to these questions and many more, you must read the new book called The People's Guidebook for Great Relationships. It's a small book and a quick read, but packed with the information you've always needed to understand and get along with all the people in your life. Master Life Coaches Nicole and Kim show you how to resolve conflicts and what language to use with each of your children to build more meaningful connections. In this new book, they reveal their life-changing 12 Shapes People Science and teach you about yourself and other people on a level that changes everything. Get your copy of the People Guidebook for Great Relationships at 12shapes.com. Again, the number 12shapes.com. Most companies have an existing accounting and finance department which are very capable of handling their day-to-day workload. However, all companies have extra or lingering projects from time to time. Now CFO provides extra professionals as an extension of your current team for those times. We help push accounting and finance projects across the finish line. We can also backfill full-time finance and accounting positions on an interim basis. Now CFO is a fully scalable outsourced solution. Throttle our hours up or down depending on your needs. Now CFO consultants work under your guidance at your location so you can oversee the hours we put in. We are engaged to deliver a solution. Visit nowcfo.com to learn more or call nowcfo at 1-855-669-2361 to schedule a free consultation today. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at upskillrelationships.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back to Relationship Radio here on the Empowerment Channel. You're with Nicole and Kim today. 
and we're giving you tools and skills to work through anger and conflict. And if you're just joining us, uh, this might be the first time that you've realized or you'll hear from us today that anger is actually a fear issue. So we're really getting into the crux of that. But before we do, Kim, I think we need to take a moment and talk about now CFO. Oh, we do. We need to thank our sponsor. Um, I would imagine there's people out there that are angry because their accounting is a mess and they know they need help. We're angry at others for that reason. Right. And that's the boat we were in when we first found Now CFO. Our books were a disaster because I was the accountant. And it is so nice, whether your business is big or small, to be able to have someone come in who knows what they're doing and completely take care of your accounting needs, but not have to hire a full-time employee to just pay someone for the time you need. And that's the beauty of Now CFO. So if your business is in that boat, reach out to them, nowcfo.com. You will not be sorry. It's nice to have that, a person to call when, when the hot water starts to rise. It is. That's what now CFO has been for us. Yeah. So before the break, we were talking about some an actual process that you can kind of go through when you find yourself in a conflict and angry and upset with another person, Nicole. And we we mentioned the first thing we want to do is is ask for a little moment away from each other so you can both calm down and step back so that you have a chance to kind of go through this process. And then the first thing we want you to do is try to figure out what is the fear that's triggering them and what's the fear that's triggering you in this moment. So we kind of gave some tips about how to recognize those two core fears. Um, I think we should continue on with this process a little bit. Yeah, one of the questions we get asked at every single one of our events uh, where we talk about marriage and relationships is, do you guys agree with the whole idea of not going to bed on an argument, right? I get that. Going to bed angry. Go to bed angry, right? I always get asked that. I know you do too, Kim. Um, And I just want to talk to that for a minute. When you're asking for space because you have had a conflict or there's frustration, you feel things becoming escalated. Every single person has a different requirement and need for the time and the space they need to get to that place that you just talked about where they can identify their own fear and calm down and calm down so it becomes really important for us to know who it is that we're arguing with and the 12 shape system helps us do that i want to give an example circles and and arrows we talked about in the break now they have two very specific needs when it comes to this as arrows we are more likely to run to create that distance and we're processes internally so we want to take the time to think it through and to sit with it for a little while and we'll often go to the gym or go for a drive things like that now that triggers a lot of times the circles anxiety to a whole new level because they are more likely to be pleasers than what arrows are and they get very very anxious when things are not okay with the people they love because they're so afraid of losing them they also like to process with someone they don't think as well alone as arrows do they want to think out loud so can you imagine that that combination doesn't always have the same results because somebody wants to keep talking about it and talking about it and the arrow is asking for space. So that can be really difficult to actually then move the conversation forward. So a lot of arrows like to sleep on it or take a few days. Now that can put the the circles into enormous amounts of anxiety, which means they'll put pressure on the arrow to say, no, we have to have it resolved now. So my answer is always, depending on the shape, will depend on whether you guys should go to bed angry or not, okay? Whatever shapes are in the bed is actually going to be the answer to that question. And people find that really fascinating because they seem to have, you know, read it somewhere or heard it somewhere. 
if you're really looking at the longevity and the health of your relationship, regardless of where it comes from, you really need to be in a position where you're understanding who you're having that conflict with. And the 12 Shape system allows you to do that. So if you haven't taken the survey yet, it's at 12shapes.com or we'll text it directly to your phone. Just uh, text 12 Shapes to 801-666-2932 because those individualized uh, little characteristics, they matter, Kim. They really oh, do. they matter hugely because you cannot argue with everybody the same way. You've got to work through conflict in a way that works for each person's shape. Okay, so if we ask for some time to process and get calm, we do have to be willing to come back in and actually resolve it. And I think a lot of people will use the, I need some space to run and have no intention of coming back. But it's important that we actually resolve these issues with people. So I, I recommend that you actually make a commitment to win you will come back and finish the conversation. And that would help those circles to know that we're, we are going to resolve it. I just need an hour or I just need 20 minutes or, or whatever that is. And then when you get that time to step back, there's some specific questions we want you to ask yourself. And one of the first ones is, am I seeing both of us as the same in value making sure that I'm not talking down or that I'm not putting the black hat and the white hat on either of us, but I'm seeing us both as human beings with the same value. Could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So I've not had a single client in 15 years, a marriage client that has done that accurately until we've taught them how. And why? Because there's a part of us as the human nature that feels better by saying, he's the one. He said, she said, right? We'd like to place them as the villain because it makes us feel safer and better about ourselves. So this is not about a goodie and a baddie. It's not about making the other person wrong. And it's also not about you having excessive guilt either saying, well, I'm always the one who, and I'm the bad person and I'm the one that letting this relationship down. So this is not, we've got to move completely away from that thinking. And we've got to say, both of us are in fear. Both of us have been triggered and let's, let's make a conscious decision to look for the win-win. And the only way to do that is to actually own your part of it where there is no villain and there is no goody and baddie and we both have the same exact value we're just both in fear oh it makes such a big difference I always have clients who ask okay my spouse did something that made me mad should I bring it up or should I not bring it up and my answer is it depends if you can do it the right way if you can bring it up from a space of trust and love seeing your partner as the same as you so that you're not talking down to this bad person who did this thing from your high horse, that you're better. But you can remember that though this particular issue you may not do, you have other faults. You are not perfect either, right? And so if you can approach your spouse from a peer-to-peer as the same, as on the same level, then it's very healthy for you to bring it up and talk about it. But if you're going to come into that talking down from your high horse to this bad person that's not as good as you, you are setting yourself up for a horrible conflict. Yeah, this takes maturity. Oh, doesn't it? <laughs> that's that's obviously do you say that. I'm thinking that's a hard thing to ask a teenager to do. It really is. And if and it's even a hard thing for you to ask yourself to do. If this is the argument that you've been having for years, you're so over this one. You know how this one goes. This always leads to both of you turning you back to each other or one of you sleeps in the basement for the night, right? You, We've all been here. We've just gone, how do we get here again? So this is, it is a struggle. It's going to be a new skill. But if you commit 
to doing that, just one person shifting out of that place of being a victim will completely change the outcome. And we hear this all the time with our marriage clients, but he or she won't do the work. You're 50% and 50% can go a long way to creating change. And let me just say, even though we're using couples as an example, this applies to the people at work, everybody, everybody in your life. Yes, it's, it's everywhere. any human being in your life, the same exact rules apply. Um, another visual that kind of helps me see myself and whoever this other person is as the same is if I try to think about the two of us together against the problem or the issue, not this. This is against each other, right? It's a complete paradigm shift when you decide to go into this conversation I wanted to say conflict or argument but let's have it be a conversation where the two of us are against a problem that we need to solve together not against each other so I've had to do this recently I've actually had recently recently like more recently than I care to admit recently like last night recently and I've had to consciously go this could end the same way it usually does or I could actually make a decision to put the good big girl panties on and say you know what don't make that other person the villain and let's both go together against the problem. So it is, but it takes, it takes so much awareness in the moment. I mean, I, I've coached this stuff for 15 years, but in that moment I, I thought, right, what would you tell a client? Right. Because we do, we all have bad unbalanced behavior. Oh, I have to do that all the time too. ask myself what I would tell a client. <laughs> And it's because yeah. we, we're in the trenches doing this with our clients, aren't we? I mean, we're yeah. never you know, putting ourselves up there as the gurus or the experts, but we do have experience. We've got a lot of years under our belt and we know that this behavioral science works, but we just have to be aware enough. So if this is ringing bells for you and you're thinking, gosh, you know, you're speaking directly to me today, then do spend some time, get a journal out and ask yourself, what's going on? What are the dynamics in play? Learn about your shapes, learn who you're arguing with because you can actually think your way to a better solution. Okay. So I have one other mindset, mindset shifting uh, idea that will change the argument completely for you is I want you to recognize that life is a classroom. We are on the planet to learn and grow. And what that means is whatever this circumstance is that has shown up in your journey with this other person it is here to teach you something and them. Now, I have to tell you, that's what happened last night. Oh. Right? That's that's just as we're still there, that's what happened because I realized this is still here. It's not going away. So if it's in my life, and I, I remember that famous, famous Joe Vitale quote, you know how much I love him, was if it's in your life, it may not be your fault, but it is your responsibility. And that's exactly how I was feeling. I was thinking, gosh, we're still here. And it's still the same thing for both of us. And we're going round and round in circles. Well, obviously, it's not moving out of my life, which means I still have some learning to do. Yeah. Now, I really believe every single human being that shows up in your journey is there as a teacher. And there is something that they are showing you about yourself that you get to work on. So I love to step back from a conflict and ask myself, what is this conflict showing me about myself? What is it bringing out of me that I now get to look at in myself and work on? And, you know, when you go into a conflict and your primary focus is on how you can grow from this, you're going to behave a lot better than if you go into it just angry at this person and focused on the conflict itself you will end up more unbalanced and behave worse, right? 
Yeah, it's a totally different ballgame. There's nothing else for me to say. It's a totally different ballgame. It is. It's completely different, which means the outcome can be different. And if you're listening to this show, there's something in the title, unless you're diehard fans and you listen to us every week, but there's something in the title that made you say, I need to listen to this one because I think this – I need this in my life. I want things to be different. And I think all of us have that when we're stuck in conflict, we're in relationships that we wish we were better. We need new skills. Okay. So as soon as you recognize that this experience with this human being is your classroom, you can then ask yourself, what, what maybe am I supposed to learn? What am I supposed to see about myself? How am I supposed to improve? You can also pretty quickly see how you can literally turn this into kind of a human achievement. And we've got a a client who's now becoming a coach through our coaching program who um, kind of coined this idea for me of being a hero every day. And, and in the way he described it is this is my chance to set aside my fear and show up with so much maturity and love that I'm literally heroic in that moment. Now, that's kind of different in every moment, but I think of any conflict situation, me stepping it up and being heroic in that moment is setting aside my fear and showing up with love for this other person. Because you only have that moment. It has to be different this time in order for it to have a different outcome. And we hear so much that people dredge up the past, but you didn't do this. And last year and last time, that's not what the power is. And you're literally at that point just throwing eggs at each other. It just hurts. So you do. You have to make a very empowered decision. Now, I have that visual, and and I say it all the time, the big girl panties, right? We've got to put that on. But I love the hero analogy. In this moment, how am I going to choose to respond differently, be more loving, more compassion, not necessarily the higher one, but the hero, to actually change the outcome? Because otherwise, we're going to go back the same way that we came, and we're going to, we got here to begin with. Okay, so again, I want to fill our last couple minutes of this segment with some usable, practical tools. So... Have a few more minutes alone and sit down and ask yourself, what are my options to respond to this situation and handle this? Write down every option you can think of. You could scream and yell. You could run. You could try to have a a mutually validating conversation. Write every option down and then go to each option and honestly ask yourself, is this my highest best self and is this showing up with love or is this staying in an unbalanced state and showing up in fear. And as soon as you do that, you're going to quickly be able to see the right way to go in and handle this, the loving way that will actually make you proud of yourself at the end of it, make you feel like you you were heroic. The more that you can show up for the other person and care about where they are and what they're feeling and let them express that, validate, honor, and respect their right to be where they are, before you then ask permission to share your feelings and find a win-win where both people can leave feeling better, a compromise, every time you will like yourself so much better if you can end that way. That's the point, isn't it? Is that when we are having conflicts and, and anger and all of these things that frustrate us in our relationships, it doesn't feel good. Right. And we want to leave not as the person who was the better one. And I was the one who, you know, gave in and I'm, I'm therefore the martyr. That's not healthy either. But we do want to get into a position where we can feel like, you know what, this time we, we edged a little bit closer to the win win. We made more progress this round because that's what's going to change the health of your relationships. Now, Kim, we've got to take another break. After 
after this break, I'd like to spend time talking about that real victim state that people can get into because when we're in conflict, often people take that victim stance. And I'd like to explore that a little bit more. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit too about how to deal with someone else who's angry. So that would be fun after the break too. Yeah, so stay with us. You're here with Relationship Radio with Nicole and Kim. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Why does my marriage have to be so hard? How do I get my teen to communicate without drama? Why is my boss such a jerk? Why is my mother-in-law so controlling? If you want the answers to these questions and many more, you must read the new book called The People's Guidebook for Great Relationships. It's a small book and a quick read, but packed with the information you've always needed to understand and get along with all the people in your life. Master Life Coaches Nicole and Kim show you how to resolve conflicts and what language to use with each of your children to build more meaningful connections. In this new book, they reveal their life-changing 12 Shapes People Science and teach you about yourself and other people on a level that changes everything. Get your copy of the People Guidebook for Great Relationships at 12shapes.com. Again, the number 12, shapes.com. Most companies have an existing accounting and finance department, which are very capable of handling their day-to-day workload. However, all companies have extra or lingering projects from time to time. Now CFO provides extra professionals as an extension of your current team for those times. We help push accounting and finance projects across the finish line. We can also backfill full-time finance and accounting positions on an interim basis. Now CFO is a fully scalable outsourced solution. Throttle our hours up or down depending on your needs. Now CFO consultants work under your guidance at your location so you can oversee the hours we put in. We are engaged to deliver a solution. Visit nowcfo.com to learn more or call now CFO at one 855 669 2361 to schedule a free consultation today. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at upskillrelationships.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back to Relationship Radio here on the Empowerment Channel. This is Nicole and Kim. Thank you for joining us today. We're talking anger and conflict. And whenever we're talking about these two things, we're talking about people on bad behavior, Kim. People not behaving the way that they know they should, but they're triggered. They're in fear that's actually prompted all of that anger, which is why they're there. 
But it, it becomes super important for us to identify that a lot of that bad behavior is also when one of the two parties is choosing to be a victim. Have you had an argument like that? Well, it's always me. Fine. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people go there the minute the argument isn't going in their favor and they're not going to win it. Oh, isn't that the truth? Right? If I'm not going to win it, then I'm going to pull the self-pity card and be the victim and make you feel bad for me to excuse my responsibility. So in my right? house, we call that the dying swan. That's the one that got the bullet, the wounded one that sits there and goes, poor me. That's so true. We've all been in those situations where you go, fine, well, you you know what it's all me and I'm the one who's broken and so blah, blah, blah. and at that point everyone just loses respect for you you throw up your hands you look at the sky and go well if that's the immaturity you're going to choose we're never going to get any kind of resolution here but we've been in those what do we do Kim okay so we got to talk about it from two angles Nicole I think we need to talk about when you get to a a victim place because the truth is in an unbalanced state we all do it we do though we all do it right so there's a couple things we we need to talk about personal responsibility at the at the end of the day and and the other thing I want everybody to recognize is when you see someone pull the self-pity card and go to that victim place you might feel sorry for them to some degree But the other thing that happens that's unavoidable is you do lose respect for them because you can be a strong, mature, wise person or you can be a victim. You can't be both. So if you're going to choose to pull the victim self-pity card and try to get them to feel sorry for you, understand they're also losing respect. And in the end, that's not a win. So we just we've got to be mindful of it because a lot of times that choice to pull the self-pity card is one we made subconsciously not consciously so if you've made that subconsciously the conscious thought that can go back after that which can do the correction can be i don't know how to fix this please help me that invitation for help instead of that victim card because we're all willing to work people work with people to work on their stuff We're all willing to lend a hand and show more compassion and love. But when you choose the victim card or the high horse or the martyr, we don't want to be as empathetic. But if you ask for help in that moment, you get far more cooperation. Oh, and that's exactly what people need. They need another tool they can use in that moment. So that is so beautiful. I love that question. So when you say yes, what you said is correct. And I don't like that about myself either. Please help me to get better. That vulnerability can move things forward. You've taken a massive leap in that moment. Yeah, and actually playing the victim card is still an, an ego move, isn't it? It, it? It's definitely an ego, not in our higher self, where our higher self can be vulnerable and recognize, okay, I can see now there are some issues that I need to work on, and, and I might need some help to figure that out and work through it, but I'm willing to go there. Even though you're being vulnerable, that's so strong, that is a strong way to show up. I love that. It means being okay with vulnerability, though, which is harder for some shapes than others. And I'm going to job us in here, Kim, and say, as arrows, we don't do vulnerability well. It, it takes enormous amount of awareness to ask for help. Okay, so what are the other shapes that are with us on that? Diamonds. Uh, spend a lot of time. Ovals don't like asking for help. Squares don't like asking for help Rhombuses. either. Rhombuses. Rhombuses and crosses. So there's a lot of us there. 
Rectangles as well. Yeah, there's a lot of us who don't feel comfortable with that vulnerability that comes from asking for help. So maybe that's why this is showing up in your life. We talked before the break that that there's a reason why this is happening and being open to the growth and the journey. Maybe that's one of the reasons for you. Absolutely. Okay, so that's what we want to do to avoid ourselves taking the victim role. Do you have some suggestions when somebody else pulls that self-pity card? We want to recognize it's a fear-driven decision they, that they're pulling on, on you to get a little bit out of responsibility, right? To, to, to take that victim place. What's the best way to show up for them? So the first thing is not to respond in a rolling of the eyes or anything dramatic, right? Because if you're then matching that juvenile behavior, right? Mm. But unfortunately, that's the first place we go. Well, which is, well, fine, then this is never going to go. And, and before you know it, you're carrying on like a pork chop as well. So the first thing to do is to ask a permission question. And we teach this to all of our clients. And, and it's a big part of our coaching program, Kim, is to ask with, with genuine sensitivity and compassion and, and showing love to that person because they are in fear. Would you be open to a different way of doing this? Because what I'm noticing is that you've gone to that victim place again and every time that you do that, we don't get any further. Would you be in a position where you would be open to a different discussion and a different set of dialogue because I don't like getting this argument gridlocked here and we never move forward? I would only add to that, you might also remind them that that this isn't about who's better or worse. This isn't about you not being good enough. This is our classroom together, and every experience in our life is here to help us grow. Would you be willing to look at ways that we can both grow and change from this, but at the same time understand that our value isn't affected by whatever issues have happened in the past? We both have the same value. And that I, I'm not trying to be right and you be wrong. I, I want to choose the us and the we. Now, this takes me on to a, a little bit of a segue, but I think it's relevant, Kim, in that we talk about in our marriage classes, at our marriage retreats, whenever we speak on relationships, we talk about choosing the our and the us and the we instead of the I. The healthiest healthiest relationships we will ever have in our life is where you choose the us over the I. And that doesn't mean that you selflessly neglect but it, it, we're talking about healthy boundaries here. So this is an opportunity and this is an example of when I'm asking that other person with a permission question, would you be open to choosing the us instead of your selfish I? <laughs> right? Can you please get out of that victim story and just see that I'm trying to work to a win-win and could you choose us? Do you love us enough? Do you love what we have in our marriage or do you want this to be a, a healthy and, and fulfilling thing for both of us? Could you choose that instead of your I? Because every time you choose the I, we stop here and we don't move forward and that's what scares me. That's what triggers my fear and my frustration. So again, you're not the bad one, but this cycle is stopping us and I love us enough to continue to try. Oh, I love that. How would that same conversation sound if it was with a coworker who, when called on things that they were dropping the ball on, pulls that victim card and goes to that self-pity place? Could you have that same exact question? You could, for sure. Would you be open to working with me to create a solution? And this is not about me putting you down and it's not about you feeling... Uh, you know, bad about yourself, but this is about accountability. And if we're going to make this a functional, healthy relationship, we're going to be productive together. I need us both to be working on the same team. So would you be open to doing that? Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Um, 
maybe we could talk a little bit too about our personal responsibility about getting upset and even starting conflicts. Could we go into that? So can we get called into a lot of organizations? We, we One of our skill sets is we help build teams that function and that really do well and we build ecosystems. We often get invited, and this is an example of a partnerships, people who do want to be together, but they just don't really know how to function particularly well. And so we get asked to do and, and to come into these places and teach people about this. And it's it comes down to having mercy and giving people an opportunity to fail. Now, unfortunately, in more of the adult world, the corporate environment, I think that we have higher expectations. Business partners, co-workers, CEOs, they have high expectations that sometimes can be unrealistic. And so if somebody does drop the ball, they're very quick to feel taken from. So the first thing I want to say to that is actually setting realistic expectations, communicating those expectations, but then also having a productive strategy. We work with HR departments, Kim, a lot to actually help them with this conflict resolution process because it's it's not something that a lot of people know how to resolve and our approach is just vastly different because of the 12 shapes and what that gives us about people okay so in any of our relationships when conflict happens and maybe even before the conflict things happen that tick us off people do things that offend us and bother us and upset us and one of the things we hear from people all the time is, well, this coworker makes me feel this way. Well, my spouse does this and it makes me so angry. And it's the first step to actually growing up and coming from a more balanced, mature perspective to recognize that no one can make you angry. And I, I know every time we write an article or something and we state that, we get kind of ripped to shreds that, Oh yeah, they can. They make me feel that way. I have that no choice. A jerk, right? Yeah. We're so quick to label that person's or my boss is unreasonable, you know, and, and, and he, it's all their fault. And I think for a moment that makes you feel a little bit better, but it doesn't change things, which means that you actually don't get any resolution. So things don't feel better. So the first thing to, to understand and to take responsibility for is that if you're angry, you're choosing to be that way. It doesn't mean that you're not justified to feel that way because, sure, people do do things that set us off. But if you're choosing to be angry, that's on you. Okay, so that is a life-changing huge thing if you can own that no one can make you upset. And what I really want listeners to get from this is circumstances will happen. There are things that you don't like that will happen, but it's not the circumstance that's making you upset. It's your thoughts about the circumstance that are making you feel upset. It's the way you're thinking about the circumstance. And your thinking is in your control. So being upset is in your control. So this means we have to take a mature perspective and that we talk about that classroom journey a lot. In what way is this my perfect classroom today? In which case, what have I got to learn from this? In what way do I need to heal, strengthen, become more motivated? What do I need to do to develop me as a person? Now, back to the corporate environment, we're going to receive some hard knocks because that's how we we get our stripes. I remember in my early business years, I learned some really tough lessons. I look back and I think I earned my stripes back there, but I wasn't happy about it. If I had had that perspective back then, I would have been far more graceful in the process and I would have been better to be around for everyone else because your behavior affects how you deal with other people and then you're more likely to be the problem. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So 
one of the great tools that we use with our coaching clients is actually available on our 12shapes.com website. We call it the to be or not to be upset worksheet. And guys, this is such a valuable tool and we're giving it away for free on our website. So if you go to 12shapes.com, scroll down, you'll see a button that says worksheets where you can access this. And literally, it is so powerful to have this tool. So the next time a circumstance happens and you feel yourself getting upset, you just fill this out. And it's going to step you through that process of stepping back and recognizing that upset is one option, but it is never your only option. There are always other ways to respond. Now, you're not going to feel your way to better behavior, but you can think your way there. And this is why this workshop worksheet is so important, because you will be stuck in an emotion and you need to get into your mind and analyze it and make sense of it and get clarity in order for your behavior to shift. So this is why we get our clients to use this formula, because otherwise you're just going to sit there and fester. That's what happens. Oh, you're so right. And actually, while you're on our website, make sure you look at all the other worksheets that are available. There's a Clarity Questions one that is one of the most powerful tools. There's great stuff on that website. And we get we get teased a little bit. We give away so much free stuff. But we honestly want your relationships to improve, and you need tools and skills to make that happen. So we're going to provide them. So let's get back. We've only got a few more minutes for the for the rest of the show, Kim. And I want to get back to it is your responsibility as to how upset and how long you sit in that place. So do whatever it takes. Go for a walk. Go and blow some steam. Go to the gym. Do something. Call a friend to actually to, to pull yourself back down where you're not in that over-escalated feeling. And then gain that perspective in what way is this going to teach me something and in what way do I need to perhaps eat some humble pie and say I'm sorry about my bad behavior I've done that with you countlessly and it's since we started working together I'm really sorry about my meltdown I'm better now can we try again (laughs) and we all do that so when you do that it's a sign of strength it's not a sign of weakness now I do I want everybody to hear me on this I I've been through a circumstance this last year that was really devastating that got me extremely upset and there are times that those feelings of upset will build and build and build and they just I have to go there they become more consuming they really do and so I have had to allow myself to have an evening or a day of pity party And I have been upset and I have cried. And I have to tell you, that's part of the human experience that we're supposed to go through. So do not hear from this call that we're saying you should never feel any of those emotions because you do need to have them and process through them. But you don't want to live there. So I you get to decide how long you live. Yeah, you do. You get to decide how long you're going to be there. So some days I know I gave myself a few hours to just cry my eyes out. And I need that. And I have to admit, I almost feel like it lets part of the pain out. And I do feel better afterwards. And I have more strength to think my way out and choose to not be upset, to choose to focus on the positive. And that's really where we want to live. Sure. We've given so much great value in today's show. I think this will be a show that people need to listen to over and over again because this doesn't come easily to all of us. So thank you so much for being with us today here on Relationship Radio. We'll see you next time. Thanks for being with Nicole and Kim. Thank you for being a part of Relationship Radio. We hope you've not only received some great ideas to improve the relationships in your life, 
but will join Master Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles again next Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we meet again, have a wonderful week.